This is episode number 104 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I had the chance to talk with Leland Mooring from Leland about their latest project, about how he got involved in worship leadership. There's a ton of really, really cool advice for uh, how to really dig into that personal um, closet worship time with God before we are actually on the platform leading worship. So I think it's going to be really convicting for a lot of you. Here we go with episode number 104 of the Church Collective Podcast. Our band has been around for over ten years. Sure. Um, we started actually out of my 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 home church. My mom, and my dad hmm. are still pastors of a church. They pastored. Our family kind of started the church out of our house. Um, it's called Celebration of Life. Okay. And it's in um it's it's in Baytown, Texas. So it's like kind of southeast of Houston, and that's that's really home for me and and the original guys that started the band. There's sort of a a new group of guys now. Sure. Uh, about two years ago, we had a bunch of changes in the band. And, uh, a lot of the guys, you know, went and pursued other other passions and dreams in their heart. And, sure. Um, yeah, man. But we started just playing every Thursday night for our youth group. It was like you know, started out with like just our cousins, and then it kind of grew. And yeah, and uh, God was doing something really unique in our town. We didn't really have a lot of entertainment, or we didn't even have a cool venue. We were like, our youth group was meeting in uh, in in my aunt's. Uh, home decorating business warehouse it was called, <laughs> her business was called villa beautiful yeah. <laughs> and uh so we were like meeting it's like you know uh that like really you know fluorescent ceiling uh super grocery store kind of looking spot and nice and all we had was speakers on sticks you know and sure like i'm sure a lot of churches we just set up our speakers and set up our monitors and we just go for it and worship and um, man, every every Thursday, God was really faithful. The Holy Spirit would move and touch kids, man. And so that's how our band started was playing there. Um, I got my start in music though with with my family. My before we started the church, my uh, our family was a, a traveling worship band. Hmm. And so my mom and my dad were music ministers growing up. Uh, my dad would teach the bands. He's like an amazing piano player. And my mom would teach the choirs, and she's like a, a really awesome singer. So they would work together, and uh, my dad's real quiet, and mama's really like you know the loud one, loud Texas you yeah. know, woman. And uh, it's awesome. So I grew up watching them doing music, me and my older brother, Jack, and my little sister, Shelly. We're all three years apart. And so it was us three kids kind of watching our parents doing music growing up and leading worship. And mm-hmm. then uh, there was a period for two years where – uh, we, my mom and dad took us kids on the road and we just traveled as a family worship band. Hmm. And we, uh, we were homeschooled and hopped in the back of our Lincoln town car <laughs> and, uh, just traveled the country, dude. And, and, uh, and that's kind of where we got our start in music and ministry. I was only 11 years old and my brother was like, uh, 14, but we were leading worship with mom and dad, um, every night. And uh, for these uh, two evangelists that, that we ended up connecting with, and these guys are still a big part of my life. They're like my, some of my spiritual dads in my life. And um, one of them is Nigel McNeil. He's this crazy Aussie. Yeah. And the other is this guy from Oklahoma, Dale Gentry. And so we would we'd be with them for like five days at a church. And, and we'd do our homeschool during the day and go to church at night. And mm. that was our life, man, for like two and a half years and nonstop. Sure. And it was it was amazing. It was unbelievable. And it, what's funny is like I didn't I didn't realize how weird it was. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was it, that it wasn't normal. You know, yeah. as a kid, like we were just so excited to be with 
be with mom and dad, be with our family. And every night the Holy Spirit would just show up and do amazing things. And even though I was 11, like, I mean, the presence of God doesn't know any age, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like I knew it was God. I was encountering him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I had my first few, like, real encounters with Jesus was on the road with my family. And then when we came home and started the church in in our hometown after two years on the road, you know, I, I started to I started to write songs on the road sure. with mom and dad. Um, I would get little musical ideas and stuff, and they would help me finish the ideas and stuff. So that's how really we got our start in music. And uh, man, fast forward ten years, um, we've we've just we've had the the blessing opportunity to go all over the world, and it's been amazing. It's been a, a total God thing. Like we really didn't. We didn't at any point really pursue the music industry. It never really happened like that. It was really relational, and um, you know, it was it just was perfect timing. It was God's timing, and sure. you know, that would be one encouragement I give you know to any young person out there is just to, if you have a passion for ministry or a passion for music, um, or whether it's general market music or or music ministry, worship leading, or whatever. You know, my, my first encouragement is just to pursue Jesus and make sure your identity is in music. Because hmm. um, for a long time, my identity was in music. You know, and when our band first started, you know, I was 17 years old, traveling full-time on the road, and uh, real young, and I, had, I was real passionate, loved Jesus, but like I think at the same time, there's still some areas in my heart where I still self-identify myself as a singer or a worship leader. Sure. And and that sounds like that's okay, but the problem with that is that as soon as you don't have a platform to leave worship on or or maybe people aren't responding that well to your new worship song you just wrote or whatever, yeah. and it sounds you know stupid, but as soon as that kind of stuff starts happening, you know, you you start you start feeling like demoralized. You start feeling, you know, uh like you're not good enough and it just gets really weird. And so I had to learn over the past 10 years, I feel like it's been every year God's just uprooting something hmm. that my heart was rooted in uh, other than him. And it seems like really good things, right? Like God, ministry is a good thing. Uh, uh, music is a really good thing. And they're, they're good gifts that God's given us. Uh, our marriage is, is a gift. Our relationships are a gift. Our children are gifts. But like uh, we were never meant to have our our roots in the gifts that God gives us, but they're always just meant to be in the giver and him. And I had to really learn that. And so about, uh, I feel like I had a, an awakening a couple of years ago and the Bible says that God can restore the joy of our salvation and bring us back to our first love. And, and, uh, if you look in acts, what's really cool is that they, they are filled with the spirit in the upper room. And then, uh, they, they started getting persecuted and, you know, John and Peter were thrown into prison. And so they're all like praying and kind of in fear again. They're praying, praying for Peter and John, but they're sort of freaked out because the reality is hit them like, man, we, we could be thrown in jail or killed for this. Mm. And Peter and John get set free miraculously by the, uh, by the angel of the Lord. They come into the room and they start praying. Peter and John start praying with them and they ask the Holy Spirit to give them courage and boldness uh, in the midst of persecution to go preach the gospel and the Holy Spirit fills the room again. It says it shook the room that they're in again. Yeah. And so there's, I don't think there's, there's necessarily one uh, infilling, but I think there's multiple uh, times in our life where we just have these awakenings or revival in our life where God just wakes us up. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's supposed to be normal. I think in the kingdom of God, we're supposed to just stay on fire and never burn out in the first place. And, but for me, man, just, it was life. It was road life and, you know, constantly being gone and just kind of my, my heart just sort of, I think grew a little bit cold. And so it was about two and a half years ago, man, like I was on a plane and, um, we were headed to play somewhere and man, God just rocked me on a plane. I was reading the scripture, um, where it says that God chose me before the foundation of the world. And as soon as I was reading, I was thinking on that. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me of another scripture where it says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain for me before the foundation of the world. And then I was like, wow. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, uh, Leland, I've been choosing you before the world existed, and I've been loving you before it all existed. Hmm. So the best, the, the only thing you can do is just give up hmm. and, and give into it. You yeah. don't have to, I think I knew the head knowledge behind all of it, but I think still deep in my heart there were some places where I was still trying to earn God's affection or earn his love. You know, it's kind of it's the work beneath the work, you know, it's like the the sure. hidden part of your heart and man, God just really healed that and did an amazing work in my heart. And this is before we, we signed with Bethel and uh two and a half years ago. And man, at that point I I just felt like I could, you know, go work at Starbucks and just be happy with Jesus. I didn't have to be doing music. You know, I didn't have to be traveling because really the gift of music, and this is an encouragement to any young people, you know, that have passion to do music. Gift of music is actually a gifting for the secret place hmm. first. Um, it's first a gifting for the secret place. And then the overflow of that is what ministers to others when you when God gives you a platform or a place of influence uh, to sing or to minister to other people. Um and, you know, but first it's a gift in the hidden place behind a closed door when nobody's listening, when nobody's watching except Jesus, and you just sing to him from a pure heart. You'll find actually more fulfillment actually in that place than you will in any platform, you know, that God gives you. And uh, that place is what keeps everything else healthy and alive and keeps your identity rooted in him and sure. not in people. And so, yeah, and uh, and, and so that, that happened, and then... Um, uh, during that time, I was actually I'd, right before that happened. I I went. We were. What kind of sparked it all is we went to Dinuba, California, actually mm. uh, to the valley. Gee. And this was this is about two and a half years ago. This is right before that plane ride where God really rocked me. Yeah. Um, we were we had three days of of worship um, at this church in Dinuba, and um, you know Dinuba is very uh, middle of nowhere. There's a lot of there's a lot of drug addiction, a lot of poverty there. And so the people are just real, like, you know, hungry for Jesus, just real, like, you know, they're not, not there for a show, they're for Jesus, you know? So every night it just got more and more intense, like the expectation people were bringing friends and got, you know, there was no agenda every night. We just kind of would worship and my brother probably preached a little bit. And, um, on the last night it got really awesome. It was like, we, I think we sang like maybe three songs or two songs and sang for like an hour and we were singing holy and worthy and oh, it got to the point where we weren't even like really singing songs. We were just singing from our heart and and everyone was just connecting with Jesus. And it was uh, we were after about an hour, I was on the floor and I had the bass over me because I was playing bass that weekend because we didn't have a bass player. <laughs> and so I was on the floor and I had the bass laying on top of me. And it was one of those moments where you just don't want to say anything. You know, nobody wants to say anything. And, sure. and I was crying. My brother said, hey, bub, can you go to the piano and play some piano? I'm going to. I pray for people that have come forward in the altar. So I go to the piano and I'm playing for that. And I'm like, you know, 
eyes are all like watery. I'm like snot because I've been just been crying and like complaining. And then God drops uh, the line of lamb chorus. Mm. And I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of playing in B and just playing some chords. And I just kind of under my breath start singing, Oh, God is the light. And the whole thing, the whole chorus came. Wow. And I was so excited. Recorded up my voice memo, like sounded <laughs> terrible because I was like, you know, voice is all gone and I was all, all stuffy nosed. And uh, so I, I had, I ended up having that idea for, then I had the encounter with Jesus in the plane that really changed my life. And then after that, I had that idea and I'd showed it to multiple people. I'd showed it to some, a lot of writers and nobody really kind of bid on it. And so I just kind of sort of kept it until I would, you know, God would bring the right person. Cause I, I really believe in co-writing. I, Hmm. I kind of rarely write a whole song by myself these days unless God sort of drops the whole thing. True. I love writing with other people. I actually learn a lot from writing with other writers and it's just a good, it's a great way to be able to finish a song. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, anyways, I was at a, uh, writer's retreat and a buddy of mine, Britton Brown was there at this writer's retreat. He's, he lives in California and a worship leader and great songwriter. And so I sang the idea for him and he really latched onto it. And we started writing together on it. And then I, uh, me and Brian had been talking about writing together as well. And I've known Brian and Jen actually for 10 years. I, I met them when I was 17 mm-hmm. uh, with the band out on the road. Sure. And uh, we were in L.A. It was like one of our first times to come to California. And we were playing a worship night. And then we'd heard that uh, Brian and Jen were close by at another church. So we, after we got them playing, we took our little uh, minivan rental. And we, <laughs> we rented from the airport. And we like booked it to the church and ended up meeting them for the first time. So that was 10 years ago. Hmm. So I kind of had a, a sort of a acquaintance with Brian, but it wasn't like some deep friendship. And so I just said, hey, man, I'd love to write with you sometime. And he was like, sure. So I grouped him in on the text. And I said, hey, man, we just, me and Britton just started this song. Would love your input on it because I really respect you as a songwriter. So he just started uh, giving input. He really loved the song. And so that's kind of how our relationship sort of sparked again was over that song. Hmm. And then um, after, you know, after we finished it, kind of finished it through group text uh, after about a month. And then uh, we just sparked our, our relationship again. And we started talking again. Just, I was interested in what God was doing there. And we were independent. We'd been independent for about a year and a half at this point. We released our Christ Be All Around Me EP, which is a worship EP we did. Yeah. And uh, we're still traveling. And I really didn't necessarily have a passion to go sign to some big label i just you know i we had had all these huge changes in our band that happened in about maybe in like a six-month process like it was crazy um our drummer and sound guy who had been in the band since the beginning went to go work for uh, my cousin in country music hmm. and then crazy and then my brother uh, or my sister had already left the band she had left the band a, a few months before that because her and her husband had a surprise baby and we were traveling a lot of the time, and she was she was like, you know, I'm going to go home and be a be a mama because it was getting a little too tough being a mom out in the road, you know. So yeah. she went home to help mom and dad with the church and do music. Then Mike and Marcus left, and then uh, my brother ended up leaving to go pastor a church. Wow. And he's always had a passion to uh, eventually start his own church and pastor here in uh, Franklin in Tennessee. Yeah. And so he decided to leave and, and it was all God. Like there was nothing weird about anybody leaving. It was all awesome. Like everybody was pursuing new dreams and passions, in their hearts. And, and, but it just hit, it happened so, so fast. And me and Casey are just like, Casey's been, been with us for six years at this point. Sure. And we're just like, man, what do we do? And so 
we we'd ask God to bring some new guys into the band, and it was it was awesome. God highlighted some new guys that we had friendships with, and so the new group of guys that's out on the road are actually really great guys. It feels like family now. It's been been the uh, a new group for about two and a half years, hmm. and um, but yeah, we were just kind of like we had a new group of guys, fresh guys, and we were you know it, it sort of didn't feel like family much anymore because these guys that we brought out were at the time were brand new, like we hadn't really hung out with these guys much and had a really deep friendship yet. And so it was me and Casey and these guys, and we were just kind of praying and going, man, we really want, we feel like we're sort of like Lone Rangers right now. Cause when it was the old band, it was all family. And now it's like just me and Casey who are like brothers, but then the rest of the guys and we're like going, man, it's sort of like Lone Rangers. We want to be rooted somewhere and have a covering over us. And, and, um, you know, we were living in Nashville at the time. So, uh, that's kind of what sparked the conversation with Brian and Jen about Bethel and about what God's doing there. And I've always been a fan of their, their ministry and our band's always been a fan of their family and what God's doing through them. And that's kind of how it all happened, man. It's been amazing. It's been a wild ride and we've been there for about a year and a half now. And, um, it's been awesome. They've got the same hearts that we do. And so I just feel like we're part of a big family now. Yeah. That's man. You unpacked a lot of cool stuff. I'd love to like hop back. You, you mentioned how, it's easy in the midst of like doing ministry and, and going out uh, out and about. Like, how do you how do you maintain that that secret place worship with God? Like, how do you how do you yeah. keep that going? How do you like make sure like do you have checks in your life that you're looking for? Like, oh, I'm you know I need to get back to what it's all about. Sure, sure. I think for sure. I think when you start, and you'll kind of notice it too when you start making a habit of worshiping in the secret place and spending time with God. Um. And specifically, actually singing in the, in the secret place. I think it's, and I think this is important for worship leaders. I think it's, or anybody who has a passion for music, to make that a part of your time with Jesus. Because um, that's because God gave you that gift to stand before the Lord and minister to Him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think when, when you make the habit of that, and then let's say life just gets busy and you kind of stop and you're doing all your stuff, you'll notice, kind of, you'll notice yourself kind of getting it starts becoming a little more stressful leading worship and start anxiety kind of creeps in maybe um, insecurities. Like, you know, you start finding yourself a lot more insecure and like, what's going on here? Like, and uh, maybe jealous a little bit, coveting other stuff and what other people have. And it's just anything that's not Christ, you'll start feeling it kind of creeping up and you go, wait, if I think back on this, I don't think I've been really spending a lot of time with Jesus lately. Hmm. I've been doing a lot of ministry, you know, (laughs) doing, which sounds awesome, but, you know, you really, we don't have much to give people, man. Every day we have to just spend time with Jesus and spend time with him alone and sure. realize that our identity isn't in church or ministry, but it's in him. You know, mm-hmm. we're sons and daughters, we're not singers, you know, and uh, and that'll that'll give us, you know, he'll fill us with his love, his compassion. It's amazing. As soon as you go alone with him and you just lift up your voice, you cry out to him, like it, you could, you could just feel like the worst you know you could wake up in the morning and have like the worst attitude have the really you know crappy stuff going on in your life and feel you know the least spiritual you could feel as about as spiritual as a doorpost hmm. and you get in there and you shut your door and you spend time with god or you go on a walk or however you meet with god like my my encouragement to you guys is find your own way to connect with jesus i i know a guy who um he's an amazing prophet awesome like accurate like call people's names out like crazy like but he's a super sweet guy and he realized that you know his wife can can shut the door and go in the and pray in a quiet room but he realized that he never could connect with god that way like 
his way to connect with God, he found that, and it was kind of by, I kind of sort of stumbled into it. He realized that every time he was in a mall mm. and, and just walking around while his wife was shopping in a mall, he found out that he would encounter God and have these amazing encounters with Jesus. Like he would hear the voice of God really clear. And so he just goes, you know, that's the way God speaks to me. It's kind of weird, but I, I go to a, I go to a busy place. Yeah. I go to a crowded place and I kind of am sort of unseen in the crowd. And so he just sort of walks around, but people don't know, but he's talking to Jesus. And, hmm. and so I think it's unique just finding your own way to communicate with God. God made you unique, you know, so you'll find that out along the way, but you know, developing your own secret history with God and, just knowing Jesus for it, just because he wants to know you. Like, I mean, that's why God sent his son. He just wants to know you, wants you to know him. And um, once you know him, man, it's amazing. And as soon as you lift up that, just whatever's honest in your heart, it could be, man, God, I, I don't feel like praying right now, God. I, I don't feel like reading my Bible right now. I don't I don't feel spiritual. Sure. Jesus, like, give me a hunger, give me a passion, give me a thirst where I, don't, where I lack it. Hmm. And immediately the Holy Spirit will respond to honesty. Because God wants us to come like children to Him, and and He loves it when we when we respond like a child and we talk to Him like a son and like a daughter, and um, it's amazing that how, as omnipotent as God is, as powerful as He is, as I mean, He's so amazing that like when John Jonathan saw Him in heaven, he fell down like a dead man hmm. in Revelation, like He said, and Jesus had to touch him and said, "Do not be afraid," and give him strength to stand. I mean, that's how. I mean, awful and awful, you know, yeah. God is. Um, and as amazing as he is, he, he chose to relate to us as a father sending his son. Hmm. Like he could have related to us in any way. He could have saved us any way he wanted to, but he, cause he's God. He chose to save us by sending his own flesh and blood, sending his own son to make us his kids. And I think that's, we just tend to complicate that a lot. And, you know, I think just staying in that place of family with the Lord is, is what Jesus paid for. Sure. What do you have to say to somebody who just doesn't have like that closet worship time? Like they're just, yeah. it's not something they're doing. You have any encouragement or maybe admonition even to like, Hey, do that. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you don't have that time with Jesus, man, um, you, it, at some point you're going to probably find out the hard way that, um, how important and how vital that is. Hmm. Because I think, you know, Jesus died for relationship. And actually, Jesus didn't call any of the disciples based on their gifting. So Jesus never called anybody. If you read the, read, the, read the Gospels, he never called any of them because they had some kind of specific gifting that he needed. Hmm. So, so actually, God really doesn't care much about my gifting. He cares about my heart. Yeah. And because everybody's gifted. Everybody has a, a special gift. It may not be music, but everybody has a gift. And your gift flourishes when you're just in relationship with God. Mm. Your gift flourishes when your identity isn't in it and when you're just pursuing Jesus to know him and to be like him. You'll find that you'll be more creative in that place than you ever will be when you're just trying to be a, a great musician um, and, or a great songwriter or a great singer. And, um, you know, because it's, it's actually, it doesn't cost much to give God your gift, but it, it costs everything to give God your heart. Mm. And Jesus, Jesus called the disciples. He had at one point he had seventy-two, and he sent them out. And once the seventy-two kind of figured out that he wasn't after their gifting, and he wasn't there to give them some kind of platform or some kind of place, some kind of because usually back then a lot of men would follow these famous teachers because they it gave them money. They had they would they would get a house. They would I mean there was all these blessings attached to following 
a famous teacher at the time because that teacher would, would become pretty wealthy and would kind of give to them all. It's kind of like a rapper having a posse, you know, sure, like right. kind of the same thing uh, back then. And so they, they latched onto Jesus thinking that, you know, they were going to get some of that same stuff. And when they realized that Jesus wasn't, didn't care about their gifting, when they realized that Jesus was after their heart, um, only 12 were left standing at the end of the day. And so I think, you know, you can, you can spend the next 10 years pursuing music and, and, and putting all your identity in it. And you're just going to have to go through a lot of bad stuff uh, before you get to the other side and finally realize that, man, Jesus was after my heart the whole time. And it was just all him anyways. And so, you know, don't waste any time, you know, don't, don't waste any years like I did um, pursuing music or getting your identity wrapped up in it. Um, or you'll probably find out the hard way because success is actually becomes a storm if your if your identity isn't in Jesus, success becomes kind of a scary thing. And so, um, just an encouragement to you guys: just to pursue Jesus, to know Him, and you'll find more joy in that place. You'll find that you don't need a platform when you're in that place. You don't. They can. The pastor can come and say, "Hey, man, we need you to run the camera this Sunday because we've got too many people on stage. Can you do that?" Right. And you'll just be so happy being back there on a camera, worshiping God, because you'll know that like you're your value isn't based on your singing ability or how many people like your songs or sure. how your friends doing. Your value is, is based on the blood of Jesus. Jesus spit, spit in his priceless blood into you. And, and that's why you're valuable because God just wants you to be his kid. Hmm. He doesn't want you to be some rock star, you know? And so sure. uh, that's my biggest encouragement to you. And it took me years to figure that out. Yeah. You know, I, I knew the head knowledge behind all that, but hmm. you find the life, put the life experience with it. Finally, you kind of have to run into some brick walls to, to realize, so don't bang your head on any walls. You know, right. just that's the secret place. Pursue Jesus, and and you know, and and let him start to do an awesome work in your life. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. As always, please head over to thechurchcollective.com. Hit that contact button. We want to connect with you. We want to connect you with others. God bless you today.